Our car was in for a repair. Yeah. And the, the BMW dealership gave us another car. Yeah. And it was two levels below the car that I put in for repair. Yeah. And I was pissed off. Jeez, right. And I reflect back, what kind of asshole? <laughs> you know, that's how bad it can be. Yeah, but only, I, I could have continued on that pathway yeah. of... Importance, self-importance, not self-awareness, self-importance. Well, what a moment of ego that was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I shuddered at the thought of, of who that person was. And again, like you, challenges is what I'm so grateful for to shape who I am today. Ah, uh, the power of ego. <laughs> You're going to be very disappointed. I have to keep trying to improve every day. No, that's not disappointment at all. No, you know why it's not? Because the, the, the phrase every day is the key. Yeah. Because you didn't say, I just have to improve. No, Bernie, it has to be a daily mission. A mission to keep on investigating and exploring and be happy with incremental improvements because the incremental improvement I, I make tomorrow and on Saturday and on Sunday and on Monday, add all those up, are going to determine where I'll be six months from now. I'm smiling because I'm thinking of a Sadhguru video. <laughs> and he starts off by saying, you are all losers. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and then he laughs himself. He said, no, I don't really mean that as you interpret it. He says, what I mean, you are all losing right at this moment. You are losing time. And you must recognize that it's the greatest loss yeah. because time is all you have to maximize the moment now and to maximize life you know, right now. Yeah. He says, you must treasure time. Do not lose time idly. <laughs> the very last gateway to the gods, there was a sign over the archway, and it said, Know thyself. Yeah. Self-awareness. Yeah. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I don't know where you are. Oh, by the way, we are going to 50 countries. Transistor Login Platform told me that the other week. Dear people, welcome to a journey with Bernie. Oh, I've had a very, very exciting morning. You know, sometimes you just get to meet a guest. And yeah, that's right, dear people. Sometimes I only get to meet the guest moments, minutes, hours before we actually go to the podcast. That was the case this morning with Robert Walls. No? Singular or plural? Singular. Singular. Robert Wall. But what a great, uh, great coffee meeting I had with this extraordinary gentleman. I call him extraordinary because, dear people, sometimes you come across a guest and you just know that they are, it's not so much that they're aware of more. It's not so much that you know they know things that maybe others aren't aware it's that they have the ability to articulate it. And that's, uh, that's the, rare, the rarity. I meet a lot of people who are teachers, but sometimes their ability to articulate it in a way that is absorbable is the missing gift. Robert Wall, I, um, I believe you have that gift. And I also have already told our listeners that I, I get this feeling that you have a scope of awareness from which uh, we're going to mightily uh, learn from over the, the next hour. Why don't you just start? Tell us about your business. Tell us about who you are in the, in the current day. Well, firstly, Bernie, I want to tell you I'm very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> you just pull things out of people. 
that they haven't even thought about for years. In in a very short period of time, you've just been extracting my brain <laughs> and taking me to places that sometimes are quite frightening. Can but, I ask you a funny question? Sure. No, I, I, I don't want to lose track on the question I asked you about what you actually do. Um, when you when you see that ability, what does it make you aware of about the other person who seems to have that comfortability to do that? This is not a self-accolade thing. I, I need to make this clear, but I'm interested in that part. I know the pathway that's led me to be so comfortable about being so open and so transparent, but I'm interested to find out what it communicates to other people. So what does it communicate to you? What does that tell you about a person who is that open, that comfortable, that trusting? My opinion, it comes from curiosity. Okay. So you are a naturally curious person or have become a naturally curious person who has a, a love and a desire to know about things and especially people. There's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a real vibration or a connection with people in, in your heart. You can, it's on your chest. I yeah, can see it. Wow. So I think that's really what underlies it is, is your, your curiosity, your curious drive to just want to know. But you, my man, you're almost quoting Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and you discussed that over the coffee that we mm. just had. And I'd be surprised if in the back of your mind, in the answer that you just gave, you may have had Maslow's hierarchy of needs in, in, your, in your mind. Can One, can you remind us of what is Maslow's hierarchy of needs? There or thereabouts. Mm. But two, can you describe the journey for people if they are able to tick off base Maslow's hierarchy of needs, next level Maslow, et cetera, et cetera, mm. to that top of the pyramid, which I think was called self-actualization. Self-actualization. Take us through sure. the Maslow journey. And I'm glad you mentioned the Maslow because I'm very much what we'll call maybe an evidence-based person. I'm looking for evidence validation before I take on a uh, philosophy or a belief or whatever. But in observing life and observing people, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is Maslow was a phenomenal Austrian um, scientist back in the turn of the century. And the foundation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is food, shelter, uh, safety. Yeah. And we need to, uh, to, establish that in our lives before we can move to the next level, which is love, connection, acceptance. Okay. Belonging and community. Belonging yeah, yeah, yeah. in community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So if we're occupied with survival, we really can't put a lot of our thought and energy into that next level. That makes sense. Yeah. So then once we move to the next level and we you know, maybe have a family, have a partner, you know, have acceptance within our community, we tend, we'll tend to move to the next level, which is more achievement. Okay. So it's validation of what we are capable of achieving. Does the word purpose fit in at this third level? Not at all. That's, uh, that's another level. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I raised a head. Yeah. So in, in this level, and interestingly, most people, even successful people, never get past this level. Yeah. So this is the to accumulate the toys, the, the money in the bank, all of the external things that validates who we are. Yeah. Okay? And like I said, a lot of us don't get past that because we have those things and we think, well, we've made it. I've got the house. I've got the car. I've got... TikTok followers, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, you said that most people don't go past that level. Are you prepared to put a percentage on it, even if it's a gut level one? I would I would at least put it in the 80 percentile. Wow, okay. I would. I mean, so, you just look at society today. Where is all the energy going? Yeah. It's into this. And in advertising, everything is is centered around 
feeding this level. So therefore, by osmosis, you're suggesting that there's only about 20% of people who go above this level, which might be levels in which Maslow is suggesting we maximise life at the higher levels, but only 20% are moving into that realm. Well, the next realm is that realisation that these things don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go first. Let's go through the first three levels so we can realize they don't matter. (laughs) Well, no, no. Survival matters. Like food, shelter, but this this level of external validation doesn't matter. It doesn't equal happiness. Yeah. So the next level, you move towards wanting to share what you know to help other people. So you become a teacher. Yeah. You become, you know, the prophet, whatever it might be. But in your vein, this is coming from love, not self-act, not validation. Can I, can I actually validate that with you? Because my experience is I've been a coach all my life. Now, I, I think I can honestly say that I've felt that that was my calling. Uh, But I also know that there have been experiences, particularly in the past, where I've also wondered what I have the right to coach. Mm. (laughs) And and I I took on um, persona in which who I felt I was and what I was offering was at odds. Here's the interesting thing. I no longer feel that separation. Mm. I actually feel that now at 65 years of age, and maybe a better way to put that is 65 years of experiences upon this planet, the good, the bad, the ugly, the vulnerable, the whole box and dice of it, has actually placed me in a a position where not only do I heed my calling, I be my calling – but I'm justified, I'm validated in it. Mm. But the other interesting thing is I now look at the process of coaching, the way that I teach. And the way that I teach is no longer a telling, a parenting. It is more a, a facilitating. Mm. It is more a, a bringing out. It is more a leading and guiding rather than imposing. And I... I think that relates a little mm. bit to the journey that you're you're talking of. Well, that's right because now we're talking about sharing yeah, sure. the knowledge and information. Yeah. But okay, so this is okay, it's not about me. Yeah. It's about how I can help and share with others, but there is a lot of teaching and telling in this stage. Okay? And and as you said that internal struggle of am I authentic? Yeah, beautiful. In what I'm telling and yeah, teaching. Okay, yeah. so there's a struggle. Yeah. The next level is the self-actualization. Yeah. Kind of what you described for yourself. You're just mm. you're just being. Yeah. You, you, uh, well, well I, I'm not I'm yeah, not saying you're you well, know. No, yeah. But you I'm you, aware of it. Yeah, and you realize it and you're not chasing anything. It's your being, okay? So you are being your 100% authentic self in everything that you do. Moving in that direction. Mm. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a pyramid. Yeah. Okay? So obviously there's – when you look at the global population, the majority of people in the world are still in that survival, that yeah. first level, hunger, shelter, safety, security, Okay, and then as we move up, you know, there are people, e- even within those areas, once they address those things, they have those connections, you know, they're getting some sort of validation of, of being a human. But it gets narrower and narrower, you know, even the people who have achieved, yeah. who have the things, yeah. it's small, but it gets even smaller. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Probably, you know, 20%, 20%. are in that level of realization where it's time for me to share what I know instead of seeking and searching for more. 
Hello listeners, it's Chip Huddy here with another one of my loaded questions because I can't stop thinking about what Robert just said. Only 20% of us ever get to that next level of being where we're comfortable with sharing what we know. Listeners, have a think about your own situation and tell me how close are you to being comfortable with sharing the knowledge and the wisdom that's inside your soul with other people. Maybe you're in that 20% already and you're there. And if you are, do you think you're sharing maximally? Do you think you're giving all you have to give? Or are you leaving something off the table? What could you do tomorrow to start sharing even more? Now, if on the other hand, you're like me and you're not yet comfortable with sharing the things that you're passionate about, knowledgeable about, well, why is that? Are you like me? Are you afraid? Do you contend with feelings of unworthiness? What's the gremlin on your back, so to speak? How can you get them off? And how beautiful a relief would it be, do you think, to walk through life without him? And this is the pathway that you take people down this pathway. Well, you offer them this pathway through your beautiful company. Give us the name of your business, please. Natural Ability. Natural Ability. Natural Ability and your team is dedicated in in a way to introducing this pathway to people and measuring where they are at in this pathway and being a catalyst for helping them, dare I say, climb the levels. Tell us more. Yes and no. I mean, what what we're really about is self-awareness. And a great, you know, self-awareness is to understand, you know, who you are, your strengths and weaknesses, how you impact and affect other people around you. You know, it's a it's a 360 degree awareness of who you are, your capabilities, how you impact others, preferences, personality, etc. The ancient well, – actually, I know you're into personal development. In one of the very first personal development messages yeah. was the ancient Greeks, the Oracle of Delphi, was the temple to the gods. Yeah. And only the self-actualized priest could enter this temple and then they would go through different rooms, stages, to uh, – achieve a a particular challenge, task, the very last gateway to the gods, there was a sign over the archway and it said, know thyself. Yeah. Self-awareness. Yeah. And that, I just think that's so powerful. Now, we've lost sight of all of that and the importance of it through our, you know, marketing. Yeah merchandising, materialistic yeah. world, but it's it's coming back that people are it realizing is. It is. that it's not about the chase, it's yeah. about me, yeah. and not in a self-centered way, yeah. but what is right for me. So yes, what we do is we, through objective uh, measurement, yeah. and objective meaning we put people under time pressure to complete yeah. a task, you can either do it or you can't, you can do it quick and accurately, yeah. And, and this is very important because 99% of assessments in this space are subjective. Yeah. How do you feel about something? Oh, you know, I won the lottery. I feel great. Yeah. My wife left me. I feel terrible. It depends on the circumstances on the day, the circumstances of your life, but not necessarily who you are. So yeah. the key word is that we objectively measure a person's inborn or innate natural abilities. Yeah how their brain is actually wired. Yeah. And our research indicates that part of that is genetics, part of it is environmental, but by the age of 14, our brain is pretty much hardwired. Wow. Okay. And that means hardwired means already conditioned and programmed either genetically, I'm going to throw in a word here, karmically. <laughs> I made that one up. And also by environment. So you're saying... Yeah, not necessarily karmically, but environment. So, uh, Bernie, if you know, you you were a young child and you grew up and your father was very mechanical and you shadowed your father, you would most likely, through that environment, learn some of the mechanical skills and that would 
shape your brain. So our brain is evolving at a massive rate up until about the age of 14. And we said, mm. why, why 14? Mm. Because through our genetic growth in evolution, our brain at that point says, I can walk, I can stand up, I know where fear is, I know where challenges are, and it stops, especially these core areas, stop. Now your prefrontal cortex, some elements there continue to shape. That's where your preferences and uh, interest in things yeah. sit. Yeah. But the deeper abilities and preferences, they're pretty much hardwired. And, yeah. and they're, they're really interesting and they sh really shape who a person is. So that's what we do is we measure those things yeah. and then we provide a person with an understanding and a pathway yeah. of where their unique strengths and weaknesses and personal characteristics best fit in the world. Well, we're going to have a play here, you and I. Yeah. Right. I'm coming back to your Greek oracle and that last doorway. That incredible question. Such a simple question, isn't it? Actually, it wasn't put there as a question. It was there as a statement. Know thyself. Yeah, you, you don't go past here yeah. until you have demonstrated your high level of self-awareness. Yeah. Then you are welcome to come and converse with the gods. <laughs> wow. I'm going back to my, my childhood because, Robert, I, I was born Catholic. And I remember I actually won the religious prize at Nudgee College. I reckon about five years in a row. <laughs> and forgive me, it's been a long time since I've been to Mass um, because it doesn't mean the same thing to me that it might have meant back then. But I remember reading, I think it was a test, one of the Testaments, Moses meets God at the top of the mountain. For well, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> and supposedly God arrives in the form of a, of a bolt of fire and the burning bush lights up. You know? And Moses, scared out of, his, out of his wits, says something like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. And supposedly, according to the Testament, or certainly in Cecil B. DeMille's Ten Commandments <laughs> in the movie, the bush goes... I am who I am. <laughs> and I remember reading that saying, what the freaking hell does that mean? You know? But if we combine both statements, I am, what's interesting there is there is no title that follows. <laughs> it's almost as if the statement is the definition or the title that you give yourself is not who you are. <laughs> well, all, know thyself, Robert. <laughs> also, you know, a lot of um, spiritual teachings is God is within. I am who I am. Wow. You see? You know where I'm going to take this. Well, so I'm going to throw one at you. I want to get personal with you, uh, Robert. I, I want to interject, though, first. <laughs> you, you've heard of... You know, uh, Seven Up is such a great uh, series. I don't know if you've ever followed Seven Up. Seven Up. So, some researchers back in the, I think in 1964, they collected a group of 15 or 16 seven year olds in England. Wow. Then, every seven years to today, still doing it, they follow them and interview them about their life, their journey, and you really watch this, this unfold. journey unfold of, yeah. of the people and yeah. you know, the happy-go-lucky child that you thought was just going to be the shining star you know, at 21 is depressed and in the gutter and you know, yeah. just the different things. But the start of it is show me the boy at seven and I'll show you the man. Yeah. And what you just said when you were a young child at Nudgee College, yeah. for whatever reason, you were drawn to religion, the spiritual things. We're going to call those the softer, more emotive things. Now, I look at you now, 
in where your heart is, your journey. And you were not the hardcore scientist, the mathematician, whatever. You were already, there was a side of you and a part of you You're right. that was connecting with the intangible, yeah. the heart, people, yeah. stories, whatever. So, yeah, yeah. so Bernie, the, yeah. Bernie the boy at seven yeah. is the man. And that's kind of what we're talking about. We can look at these things in a person and you can obviously not predict their pathway because the pathway you know, is thrown with curves and all kinds of things. Yeah. But we can see that the nature of that person doesn't really change. And, yeah. and most people don't understand this about themselves. Yeah. And then life is quite challenging. There's bumps. Yeah. They're hitting roadblocks and things. Yeah. So we liken when you're working with your abilities, it's like breathing. You don't think about it. You're you working with it. your natural innate ability. Yes. Yeah. You, it's like breathing. And when, you, it, and when you don't have to think about breathing, you can do a lot of other things. Yeah. If you have asthma and, and you're having to think about every breath, you can't think about painting or playing sport or being creative and other things. So our, kind of our whole philosophy is you, if, if you can find a lifetime pursuit – Yeah where you are using your natural abilities, it allows you to evolve into the more creative of whatever you do. You gotcha. I gotcha. Let, let, me, let me just tell a story. I'm going to attempt to give it to you in 90 seconds, okay? Because okay. I want you to be my facilitator and my counsellor. Okay. Okay? Okay. Going back to those nudgy college days, the thing that I was also interested in, if people gave me an assignment, the teachers gave me an assignment, I couldn't help myself. I had to write about Nelson Mandela, John F. Kennedy, Mother Teresa. I was always curious about what made people great. And it wasn't so much the, the Catholic religion, it was the philosophy and the understanding around around it all. Interesting enough, I become the coach. <laughs> you know, I was a, I was a, I dedicated myself to the game of cricket, wanted to elevate myself to the highest performance, but it turned out I was a better coach than I was a player. Mm-hmm. And so, so I got drawn mm-hmm. into the, to the coaching realm. I've already given you a description of that coaching journey, how sometimes I knew I had plenty of mileage on my mouth, could, could use that well and could connect with people reasonably well, but there was a disconnect between what I was actually coaching the content and the right and 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 the calling to do so but that's he that, that's now merged that's now feeling validated what was interesting is that when i deviated away from those natural innate uh, abilities when i deviated away from the image who as a young man I thought I would be, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about distractions that actually contributed to the breakdown of a marriage. When I deviated and that breakdown occurred, that breakdown actually shattered my illusion of self. Hmm. And, 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 and the pain and the chaos that that created was as, as painful as an experience as I've ever had. But here's the oddest thing, Robert. It's that shattering that I'm now most grateful for. Mm. Because what it's actually done is it's shaken me by the roots and taken me into this, this, this present day, this present moment, this present being, this present person, and made me aware of... Uh, Dare I say it, the pathway and the greater me that I possibly was innately connected with as a boy. (laughs) Mm. But somehow I got distracted along the way and I've been shaken back to the path. This is just an interpretation, mate. But you've got a smile across your dial right now that says you understand this. Mm. Yeah. Can you, can you respond well, I, to it? Well, I can relate. I mean, many, many of successful people's stories are, you know, it, it is the, the fall that yeah. gave them the realization. Yeah. Um, and I can recall a time, you know, when I was high flying. I was on, you know, magazine covers, newspapers, the, the whole thing. And, you know, I had 
I can remember. Our car was in for a repair. Yeah. And the, the BMW dealership gave us another car. Yeah. And it was two levels below the car that I put in for repair. Yeah. And I was pissed off. Jeez, mate. And I reflect back, what kind of asshole? <laughs> you know, that's how bad it can be. Yeah, but only I, – I could have continued on that pathway yeah. of importance, self-importance, not self-awareness, self-importance. Well, what a moment of ego that was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I shuddered at the thought of, of who that person was. Uh, and again, like you, yeah. challenges is what I'm so grateful for to shape who I am today. Ah, uh, the power of ego. <laughs> Well, dear people, you might consider this an interruption to the podcast. Not so. It is a glorious invitation, an invitation for you to join me and many, many others on that mighty trail to Everest Base Camp in Nepal, or maybe you'd prefer to do Gokyo Lakes. Yes, you've got two choices there, and both of them will not let you down. Why? Because you'll be walking under the shadow of the most powerful forces of nature upon our planet, but you're also trekking and hiking with the beautiful Sherpa, who are our guides are they the most peaceful tribe of people upon the planet i think so and they're beautifully founded in the spirit of buddhism just imagine it nature himalaya powerful forces sherpaism buddhism all infecting and invading your soul i'm letting you know now dear people you come on the mighty trek that's leaving Australia or entering Nepal on April the 3rd or 4th, 2024, and you cannot return to your home base, your country, the same person as the one who left. It is simply that powerful. Would you love to join us? Here's all you have to do. I want you to take note of this particular number. Now get a pen. I'm going to delay for a second. Uh, uh, Three seconds I delayed for, plus six, one. 412-982-444. Now, you text me and say that you're interested and within 48 hours, I'll have delivered back to you a comprehensive information kit that gives you all the information that you will need to make an informed decision about joining us and the globe on a mighty trek to Everest Base Camp. And please remember that preceding that trek, we're also going to spend two beautiful days with 550 disabled children in Kathmandu. Yes, we built them a brand new school following the earthquakes of 2015, which shattered their classrooms. And and, and I, I, I hesitate to say this, but thankfully they did because the new school that they've got has been a, a new energy for this beautiful community called Kagandra. Dear people, come to Nepal with us where I promise you that your spirit to become that more loving human being generate greater inner happiness. It will be enhanced. Hey, let's go back to this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Are you enjoying it? Robert, that you can actually even even see the 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 relationship and understand the involvement of the story that I just gave you. I, I just find that remarkable. And I'm sure for our listeners, your your message there is know the little boy or know the little girl and her dreams or his dreams, and you may be getting a forecast to what evolves as the man or the woman. Mm. Yeah. Actually, let, let me share the story of how we got into this. So my wife was doing um, a, a psychology course and she needed a, a change program, a program that you would introduce into a government or an institution or something like that. So she asked me, do you have any ideas? And then I reflected back. My, my parents sent me away for a weekend in, I think, Atlanta, Georgia, when I was 15 or 16. And I went into this lab and took all of these tests and things. And this was the research lab of where our um, uh, 
information the background comes from. So I said, you know, I did this really fascinating thing when I was in um, in high school. Maybe it's something that, you know, we can just write a paper. Um, and again, I'm imagining this. That could be done in schools. It would really help kids. I didn't get much out of it because I didn't know much about it at the time and my parents didn't validate it. And it was a research center, so they didn't provide me tools. They were just really gleaming information. So I searched and searched and found where I could get our son tested. And, uh -huh. he, and he was, uh, I think it was in year 10 or 11. And he was just a very average student, disengaged with school. It just, and he went to an excellent school, um, but just wasn't engaged. It, for whatever reason, it wasn't his place. And you know, we're at that crossroad of, you know, do, does he go out and do something else? What, what do you do? So anyway, we had, we had him tested. And again, my background is business. My wife is you know, education, et cetera, et cetera. So his results came back that he was naturally gifted in artistic, creative design and music. Yeah. Neither of us have any musical abilities huh. or artistic abilities. He said, I feel for the very first time somebody knows exactly what's going on inside my head. Like, wow. It was wow. Yeah. So we, at the time, wanted him to participate in what was called a student for a semester program at Bonn University. Yeah. So this is where a high school student goes in, takes a normal university level course, and, you know, they get a credit and get automatic entry into the thing if they pass. Again, we were thinking, oh, I'll do a business course because that's my background. Well, after this, we said, have a look and see what interests you. And he goes, oh, multimedia design. So he goes there, loves it because he can wear whatever he wants. He doesn't have to wear a uniform, <laughs> wear his hair however he wants. And there's a whole reason for this. But he goes there and he gets a high distinction and a university level course <gasps> without even trying, he said. Yeah. Because it just fit so naturally into who he was. Yeah. Okay. So now let's project forward. He ends up going to Bond. He does his multimedia design degree in two years, said it was so easy. <laughs> okay. In his second year at Bond, he forms a band. He and his bandmate go to number one in the unearthed punk charts. <laughs> right? Now, he had... I, I had never heard him sing since maybe he was four or five years old. Right. He didn't play any – he did t dabble with the drums and we forced him into playing saxophone when he was little and different things. But he was not musical. Well, now he's a lead guitarist and lead vocalist and songwriter yeah. in this band yeah. that records six albums, yeah. does world tours, yeah. is you know just – Phenomenal success yeah. from nothing. And now, you know, that, that ran for about 10 or 12 years. And now he is a high fashion photographer. He's in the last 12 months, he's been taken to the Baja Peninsula in Mexico, Rome, like, wow. Egypt yeah. to do fashion shoots. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's making, I don't know, three, four, five thousand dollars a day. Yeah. <laughs> And every, every breath of his existence is centered around creativity, design, yeah. art. Yeah. He is just living himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the day, the day my wife and I, you know, my son, when he early started this band, he, he didn't want us to see it because he thought probably we were going to criticize him. Yeah. And we went to this club and we mingled with him a little bit and there were you know, people all over the place. And he said, okay, I've got to go on stage. And the lights went down and then he started clicking these drumsticks. And, and like cockroaches when the light comes on, yeah. but the opposite, just people scattered and just pushed up onto this stage. Yeah. And this purple light hit him yeah. and he started. And it... For us, it was like, 
oh my God, he has just transformed. Wow. And we became his greatest fan. Yeah. And be, quit telling him what he should do and yeah. trying to, and just said, how can we support you? But I hear you saying that. Seek to support. You did say on the basis of after you've maybe assisted them through tools like you've, you, you've got to offer. By the way, is that tool available online to any parent? Globally. If I, so I've got a parent here listening from London. That's and that parent can you well you better mention to it what where online can they go? Naturalability. Naturalability.com.au. Naturalability.com.au. Yeah. And that's naturalability all one word. All one and word. And spelt as we understand the two yeah. words. Naturalability.com.au. Yeah. And any parent listening to this podcast, you can actually access this tool that is going to help your beautiful children and you to discover the, 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 the essence, the, the natural nature of who your child might be. And then you're suggesting, Robert, the big call is support that pathway. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Buddy, I had this um, burning desire at this moment to just turn it around and, and make it deeply personal. <laughs> <laughs> This is what I was afraid of. Know thyself, Robert Wall. Who are you now? And and and, and there's no ego here. There's no. Uh, I I just expect you to give an 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 honest, transparent answer. What do you know about who Robert Wall is now? Who are you, Robert Wall? The negative is impatience. Yeah. Judgmental. Yeah. Um, people do not want to connect with you yeah. because they can sense, they can sense just in your little bit of communication, if you yeah. don't manage it, mm-hmm. okay, you have to, with any of these things, you can develop compensating skills, mm-hmm. but it's when you're in the heat of battle, mm-hmm. when your natural state comes out. <laughs> So, so my, my, my youngest daughter and I are somewhat the same in this. You know, my, my wife is the complete opposite. Yeah. She's connecting. She's open. People just gravitate to her like a magnet. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. So what does Robert need to do? He's aware, but awareness is only one thing. What's the next set of actions that will take Robert to another Level, and I'm not talking about level four to level five, but maybe within level four, there's four A and four B, four B and four C. You know. Oh, so so Robert, irrespective of the journey, that beautiful description that you just gave of who you are, but if for a moment we can picture what self-actualization might look like, you know, what what are its ingredients when Robert reaches a self-actualized human being, what action do you need to take from how you see yourself now to becoming that self-actualized being? I've identified what is important that I want to share. Yeah. I'm currently limited and frustrated with being able to convey the importance of this where other people will take it on on a large scale. I, I deeply believe yeah, yeah. self-awareness is one of the foundational keys to happiness. Yeah. Nobody is walking around saying, I wish I was more self-aware. Yeah. So there's, there's in society, there's not an itch mm. that I have the scratch. So that's very frustrating because I'll knock on a door, mm. you know, for example, I'll go into a school mm. and saying, there is nothing like this. This is probably the most important thing you could do. If you dedicated two to three days in a student's educational journey to just this, their future pathway will be dramatically different mm. than the bumpy road that they are most likely going to go yeah. down, yeah. of which most of us do. Yeah. And that's okay. 
I mean, you know, yes, we can learn along the way and we, and we do learn a lot. But this isn't about, okay, well, you're on the bullet train and there's, you don't see any of the scenery on the side. No, you're still going to experience life. Absolutely. But as I mentioned, when you are utilizing your natural abilities, it's like breathing. Yeah. So you're not thinking about the grind. You don't have the anxiety and depression and all of those things that goes with that disconnect. You remember you talked about in your journey, the happy boy, yeah. religious reward. Yeah. Then you went down a path and yeah. it, it wasn't you. Yeah. It, it, whatever was in connecting with Didn't your, even realize that it was a growing disconnect. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, it – Fortunately, in your case, yeah, the shift happened. It was forced upon you, yeah, of which it's forced on a lot of people. Um, but imagine if you came out of the gate, and you're not doing what you're doing now, but maybe coaching, helping, connecting, and it's so natural to you, yeah, that you're going to see opportunities, see connections, see other things that when you're paying attention to breathing, you won't see. Yeah. That then helps you grow and expand and, and expand yourself yeah. as a person and maybe come to a quicker understanding of why you're here you. and what you're wired to do. Yeah. I'm not letting you off the hook. My question was, and I'm going to reframe it now, and you've only got a single sentence. What action does Robert Wall need to take to take his beautiful perception of all his gifts and his awarenesses and his knowledge? He's got that, but he also has a vision of what the self-actualized Robert looks like. And he needs to take an action to move in that direction. In a single sentence, what is that action? You're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> I have to keep trying to improve every day. No, that's not disappointment at all. No, you know why it's not? Because the, the, the phrase every day is the key. Yep. Because you didn't say, I just have to improve. No, Bernie, it has to be a daily mission, a mission to keep on investigating and exploring and be happy with incremental improvements because the incremental improvement I, I make tomorrow and on Saturday and on Sunday and on Monday, add all those up, are going to determine where I'll be six months from now. There's a, there's a word that hasn't entered into this podcast a lot. It was at the start. Um, and as we head towards winding up, um, allow me to reintroduce it. And, and it's the word that really defines the objective of a journey with Bernie. Self-actualization is not the word, but I want to relate the word to it. The word is love. Self-actualization, awareness, love – the third chapter of life journey for Robert Wall, um, where does love fit in all of that? Yeah. What is, is love in that realm of self-actualization, the third chapter of life journey, the discovery? Where does love fit? Mm. I, I'm not going to say that love is the be-all, end-all, but I think what happens is through a person's journey, through a person's life education and awareness, they realize what's important. Yeah. What has value? Now, value is very subjective. What's of value to you may be very different in what's of value to me. And that's, that's part of that whole person process. People realizing what their values are, what gives them meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. And as we were discussing, you know, while we were having coffee, a lot of times people get to the point of realizing towards the end, what are the key relationships yeah. that ultimately is all that really 
matters, whether it's family, good friends, some function in the community, whatever it might be, I think that um, – and I'm not going to say I'm there. <laughs> yeah. But you have elderly parents. I have elderly parents. We've, we speak to older people. And they're not interested in anything that we think is important. Oh, let's go on a holiday here. Oh, I'm just kind of happy to sit here. And I'm just so happy, like you said, you, yeah. you came here. Or you know, my mother's overseas. I just love that you call me every week. Yeah. The highlight of my day, my week, is that yeah. we spoke. They, they have to know something that we don't because they've experienced and walked a path and a journey. They've been through it, haven't they? That we haven't yet. We're still yeah. thinking of accumulating. We're still, you know, broadcasting, yeah. you might call it, whatever we're doing. But I think, and probably the monks and those sages who are you know, sitting in the chair of self-actualization, they've thought about these things and they realize it's interesting because for them, sometimes it's very solitary, which that's the disconnect that I don't really get with the the monks and the sages. Oftentimes their ultimate pathway is one of of being solitary yeah. within their own. But what's interesting thoughts. for me, it may be solitary, but it's not without love. And yeah. the, the love for self allows the position of being solitary. Hmm. You, you know, we, we talked about, again, over coffee, some of the metaphysical things. And I said, look, I'm quite practical and I really go back to somewhat of the evolutionary path and we look yeah. at chimps and apes and, and you know where we have evolved from. And I don't take those things lightly. I, I see them as, as, you know, maybe more important markers than everything that we're seeing around us. I like that. As far as what, you know, what's, what's real. And that's a very subjective word to any of us. But, you know, you look at those, the relationships, the interrelationships, the support of each other um, is, is really the, their, their little sense of community, their tribe, their band, whatever you might call it, is there. Mm. And that's, that's got to be deep in all of us as well. Mm. Our development of our prefrontal cortex has allowed us to think about and accumulating things or achieving things, which maybe they don't necessarily think about. They don't get in the way of what is at the core yeah. of maybe who we really are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that close knit support structure. Yeah. That's we find meaning in. Yeah. And we find love of wanting the best for them, wanting to know what they're doing, who they are, and how we can support them. Yeah, well, I find I find it fascinating that you take, for example, my, my parents. Like, like my dad was such an advocate of sport for all three of his children and he, he was the coach. Um, we, we always watch sport. Now he'll still watch it but without attachment it's like, um, oh, yeah, I watched the game, but I flicked with the movies. I flicked with something else. Mm. And yet, as a, as, a, as a dad growing up, it was sport, 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 sport personified, you know. He no longer talks about 40 years of working with BP Australia. In fact, I think he would look back upon it and, and wonder what the heck was all that about except for it allowed me to accumulate some monies that provided the house and the education for my children. And, you know? and, and those things had value. They did. They, they did. were really important. They did. You know, one thing that I observe and at, at all ages but particularly older people, but as human beings in a modern world, most of us are just doing activities to fill time. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, just I'm reading the paper. Yeah. I'm watching the sport. Yeah. I'm waiting for those things to end, to go to bed. Yeah. To then wake up 
and just look for things to fill time, play golf, what, yeah. whatever it might be. I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm, you hear the, see the smile on my face? Mm. I'm smiling because I'm thinking of a Sadhguru video. <laughs> and he starts off by saying, you are all losers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and then he laughs himself. He said, no, I don't really mean that as you interpret it. He says, what I mean, you are all losing right at this moment. You are losing time. Mm. And you must recognize that it's the greatest loss. Yeah. Because time is all you have to maximize the moment now and to maximize life, you know, right now. Yeah. He says you must treasure time. Do not lose time idly. <laughs> and that's Seek so true. to maximize life yeah. in every and, moment. And, you know, what that comes down to is people don't clearly know their values. Yeah. They don't clearly know their interest. And they don't know what has importance and value yeah. of which they can actively engage in doing those things, which will give them more of a sense of meaning and purpose. Beg your pardon again, listeners. I'm Chip Huddy, and this is the second of this episode's Loaded Questions. And I just had to ask you something about Robert's remarks that so many of us don't even know what our values are. So do you know what your values are? Can you articulate them in a sentence or in a few sentences? How do you know they're your values? Do they light you up? Do they make you giddy with excitement to get out of bed in the morning? And if they don't, what does? You know, if I'm honest, I don't think I've ever given my values the careful, intentional, proactive thought they deserve. You know, I've just been running on instinct. I've got these notions around service, storytelling, enabling others, but it's so vague. Might be time for me to get off autopilot. How about you? Well, Robert Wall, what a fascinating discussion <laughs> this has been. Um, I, I, I think this the, the, the inference that so much of who we are can actually be seen through a lens if that lens is focused on that first 14 years. There's a lot in that first 14 years of who we are as a young person that might be able to, I don't like this word, but to some degree forecast the innateness, the essence of who we are and, 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 and have some definition and description of who we might be later on in life. I, I think that was just a piece of gold. Yeah? It, it's the cumulative results yeah. of the 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening in those 14 years, and, and this is a tip to parents, you still can in that period do some incredible things to shape your child's brain. Yeah, yeah. Artistically, musically, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, the brain, you know, is is still evolving. That's what we're saying. You're part genetic. Yeah. You're part of the environmental evolutionary pathway. And most people, and, you know, this is from our research, their brain hardwires, yeah. locks in, says, I, I've got the road maps. Yeah. I, and I'm going to follow those roads sure, for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. But also how wonderful at the other end of the scale – we could even spend some time talking about uh, our beautiful elderly who, who so many of them seem to get to that wonderful stage of life where the only thing that actually mattered to them was, I call it love, but they may say it in, in, in words like my family, um, the, the people that are closest to me, but it's a recognition that the love that surrounds and the love that they created, the love that they manufactured, perhaps in hindsight, as everything else just chipped away. Yeah. You know, okay, my work was important at a time, but in the in 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 hindsight, I wondered why I spent forty years working for BP Australia. Yeah. Why why did I do all that for Australia Post? I know there were some benefits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the end of the day, for many of our elderly lovers, all there is. And, and I think that's the key is that people reflect yeah. and go, 
what's what's lasted. Yeah. What's lasted is what's important. As you said, chipped away. Let, yeah. Let's say that there's some sort of core. Core. And then things are just slowly chipping, chipping, chipping away yeah. before the core is ultimately revealed. Wow, how beautiful. And maybe that's in, in our old age. I don't know. How beautiful. And what a beautiful way to, to thank you. Thank you ever so much for, for being part of this and sharing your wonderful coaching work with schools and, and organisations. Just remind us again, please, naturalability.com.au. That's it. That's where we can go to to learn. I'm going to go and look up that profile. I think I need to do that profile for myself. <laughs> You'd love it. <laughs> I'm sure that I would. Robert, and, and directly, if they just put Robert yeah. at naturalability.com.au. They've got your, they'll, they'll your email. E- they'll email, yes, email yeah. directly to me. Well, Robert Wall, thank you ever so much. I'm not quite sure what number episode this is, but mm-hmm. it's right up there. And I really do appreciate your time and all your thoughts and a beautiful, beautiful discussion. And thank you on behalf of a... Naturalability.com. Incorrect. A journey with, <laughs> with Bernie. Bernie. Stop promoting yourself as my hey, podcast over fault. here. <laughs> A journey with Bernie. Cheers, Robert. Thank you very much. Thank you, dear listeners. Love you all. Thank Cheers. You. Bye-bye. Well, good people, what did you think of that episode? I don't know about you, but I just loved it. I just love hearing of people's journeys and their stories that allow us to be able to identify what strategies and actions, routines, disciplines, ways of seeing self in the world that we can consider so that you and I, through their story, can become a more loving human being. Now, glued to this particular episode, of course, is Chipster. Lachlan Huddy and our editor and producer is now going to deliver Chip's take-home pay, a four-minute summary of the actions and the strategies that you and I might consider in order to become that more loving human being. Hey, over to you, Chipster. G'day, listeners, you precious and noble people. It's Chip Huddy filling your tender ears for the final time this episode for another edition of Chip's Take-Home Pay. Listeners, this episode really spoke to me. Some fascinating science and inspiring true story of Robert's son. But what about this towering phrase, know thyself? I heard that and I tumbled down a research rabbit hole, the fruits of which I won't distract you with here, but I do recommend you check out the Wikipedia page on the Delphic Maxims, D-E-L-P-H, I see. Really cool stuff. But let's linger on that most famous of the Delphic Maxims, know thyself. Certainly the key theme of this episode. I think I'm a reasonably self-aware guy. Far from enlightened, yes, but if I'm feeling a certain way, I can usually pinpoint why. And in at least 80% of my waking life, I can modulate my behavior so I don't make a fool of myself or someone else unless I mean to. So I know myself okay. But do I like what I see? Or at least do I like all of what I see? Hmm. Okay, stay with me, listeners. This is going to sound far off the track, but I promise you it all comes around. I want to tell you a story about a little boy named Chip Huddy. Now, I want you to imagine little Chip in his kindergarten class of about 20 kids galloping around in a circle to the folk song, She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain. You know that one. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Okay, so all the kids are having a great time. Uh, they're miming like they're little cowboys and cowgirls riding out across the prairie. And I remember this vividly. I come to a dead halt. I cross my arms over my chest and I refuse to play this silly game anymore. I stopped so suddenly that the other kids smacked into me as they galloped past, and I still refused to move. Teachers asking me, why don't you want to play, Chip? And it was because the game made me feel embarrassed. It made me feel silly. My wife loves to tell that story, and I do too in a way, because it does illuminate something about me. I am not much for what I perceive to be silly things, childish things. For example, I really don't like dancing when I'm out at a club. And yes, the fear of being laughed at is part of that. But it's also because I know I'm not good at dancing. And why do something if you can't do it well? 
That's just silly. Now, as you can imagine, this does make me look like a Grinch sometimes. I know this about myself, and I don't like it about myself. And I don't like it to such an extent that it often obscures the fact that these same tendencies also drive me to take knowledge seriously. They make me cerebral and thoughtful. They make me chase after three-dimensional understandings of topics. They make me want to be a useful person who's knowledgeable and who's good at what he does. And those things aren't nothing. And these are things that the great man himself, Bernie Kelly, actually reminded me of when he invited me to do this take-home pay segment, and which he's kept reminding me of with his really wonderful feedback that he gives me every episode. Now, you guys don't hear it, but take it from me. Bernie is kind and thoughtful and honest and constructive and generous, and it really, it just means the world to me. So, Bernster, thank you, mate. You reminded me, and you're not letting me forget a tough but also beautiful truth, which is that our greatest weaknesses are also often our greatest strengths. And the labor of self-awareness is never allowing the one to make you forget the other. Know thyself. And for that, Bernie, my friend, bloody hell. I might have to step out on the dance floor with you this time at Kathmandu. But I reserve the right to pick the song. Ah, that was gold, dear people. That was Lachlan Huddy and Chip's take-home pay. Simple strategies, aren't they? Just humble suggestions taken specifically from this episode. And you know and I know that if we implement them into our lives, it's just going to help us to be happier, a more beautiful human being and a more loving one at that. And who doesn't want that happening in their lives? Oh, dear people, I do hope this episode of A Journey with Bernie had a positive impact upon you. I can't wait to deliver the next one. Hey, it's just around the corner. Please enjoy this journey of life. Embrace this journey. And in the meantime, dear people, just remember this. Remember this.